It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Get back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts! Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Twin Peaks, Bud Light Blue Friday. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you for listening and being a part of it. I saw this from Mickey Shuey before I get started here at Colts Happy Hour from IBJ. That's IBJ.com. There's been a lot of conversation. I brought this up earlier that because of the situation on Monday and both the Bengals and the Bills not playing that game on Monday, that not being rescheduled, it being canceled, that some things may have to be done scheduling wise. And one would have been if you got Kansas City and the Bills in the AFC title game. Um, for example, that you would have to go out and find a neutral site of play. And Indianapolis had been mentioned yesterday as one of those possibilities. Mickey, with this tweet, has the following. A lot of talk right now about where a neutral site AFC championship game would be played. It seems Indianapolis isn't it. After the Colts execs had to turn down the NFL due to another major athletics event already on the books at Lucas Oil Stadium. So evidently the Colts executives had to turn it down. Again, that's according to Mickey Shuey, who uh, tweeted that just a little bit less than 20 minutes ago, had to turn down the possibility of hosting an AFC title game at Lucas Oil Stadium because of a prior athletic schedule. I'm assuming that's not Monster Jam, right? Or anything like, is that athletic? Monster Jam? (laughs) But that according to Mickey Chewy of IBJ right there. Meantime, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook on this Colts Happy Hour. Download the app today. Make every moment more. And uh, we got a lot for you on this particular event here of Colts Happy Hour. And a lot of things going on, certainly in the final regular season weekend. But as we always do at the beginning of this show, we get Matt Taylor locked and loaded in here as well. The voice of the Colts per usual. And we get Rick Venturi, by the way, coming up a little bit later on, too. But as we start out this show with Matt Taylor, the normal conversation with interim head coach Jeff Saturday. Matt. All right, thank you, JMV. It's time for the head coach's report with interim head coach Jeff Saturday on this final edition of Colts Happy Hour here on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan and Jeff, the final game is here. Uh, It's the eighth game for you as interim coach coming up on Sunday. And who knows what the future holds. But for you, what have you most enjoyed about this experience with the Colts? Oh, man, getting with the players, uh, just the camaraderie that you have in a locker room and on a coaching staff. You know, everybody's uh, so tightly knit mm-hmm. and, and all pursuing one goal together. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't get our goal nearly as many times as I would have hoped. But the reality was coming into this situation, I knew it was going to be tough sledding. And you kind of learn who people are down deep in their core mm-hmm. in tough days.
days and tough times. And so I've been very appreciative of relationships that I've gotten uh, to start or some to continue and just watch them uh, in, 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 in dark times. You know, hey, how did, what's the response look like? And so those are the things that I'll look back on and, and really appreciate because uh, the, the grind is real. The fight was real. Uh, and, and the way that guys responded, um, you know, they'll, 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 there are lessons in it, not only for football, but for life. With that, Sam Ellinger takes back over at quarterback. This is going to be his third start of the season. For you, when you look at Sam, what's going to make Sunday a successful operation for him at quarterback as he continues to grow in year number two? It's staying in phase. You know, you, you don't want to get him in third and longs, right? Just with it with a young quarterback and what defenses can kind of do. They can junk up the looks, right? Mm-hmm. Coverages and and Lovey Smith is really good at, at at making you know some shell coverages or two high coverages look like one. Um, and, and get the get the quarterbacks to kind of make mistakes, and so I, I think from a uh, from a from an offensive perspective, let's keep him in phase, let's run the ball. I, I think a, a run game for a young quarterback is probably his best friend, uh, and, and then make some plays for him. Mm-hmm. You know, we need some receivers, some tight ends, some running backs to make some explosive plays for him. It can't always be on he has to make the perfect throw or the perfect call. There's got to be some help around, but uh, I, I think he's I think he's uh, fully equipped to do it, and looking forward to watching him. I know you've only been here for about half the season, but but Paris Campbell, he's set to play 17 games, a full 17 games, and you know his story. You know his background right. and what he's been through, having only played 15 games in his first three years prior to this one. He's having a career year. He's going to be a free agent. What have you appreciated about his game and his contributions to this team? Oh, just his work ethic. You know, every every day he goes out there, man, he's giving it his all. And I love that his smile, his energy, uh, you know, he, he he uh, he always kind of brings that to the offensive side, and so uh, he, he, you always see him laughing and, and cutting up after he makes a big play, and the defense gets excited or he gets excited. I just love the way he competes and his work ethic. And any guy who's fought through the injuries he has, you know, has to have something special inside him because there's mm-hmm. nothing easy about what he's overcome. Uh, so really happy for him that he's gotten through this season the way he has. And then on the other side of the ball, Zaire Franklin. He's only four tackles away from setting the franchise record for tackles in a single season and this is his first year as a starter it's a classic case of I think opportunity meets preparation absolutely and his leadership too what has he meant to you as you take on this role in these eight weeks oh man he's special and 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 not just because of all the tackles you're talking about but because of the leadership that you just mentioned he Mm -hmm. he is an incredible leader uh of of men and calls on people uh and demands things of people and I really appreciate that you know from a guy who um has done this for a long time anytime you see a guy come up through you know come up the way he has through special teams earned his way on mm-hmm. and then continues to fight and then he gets to be a starter on defense and you see him uh, just become electric in that phase as well uh, there's just something special about watching that and so been been really happy uh, to be a part of, of of his story as short a time as it is because I've loved watching him yeah. excel all right the Texans coming into this game we know the story right they're two 13 and one they've lost 10 of 11 they were routed by Jacksonville last week, but they've hung in there. They play hard. You know, 
they played in nine one-score games. They don't have a lot to show for it, but they've taken a lot of good teams down to the wire this season. No, absolutely. I, you know, I would say when you when you look at this, you know, Lovey understands that, that he's limited in certain areas um, from a from a, a player personnel perspective, right? And so they've gone in and and they've a, they've worked the best they could. But to your point, they do what they do extremely well, mm-hmm. and so they don't. You know, like you said last week, they got blown out by Jacksonville, who's about as hot as anybody in the NFL right now. And and as you're looking at them defensively, they don't give up a lot of big plays. They get a ton of turnovers. They they, they cause a lot of fumbles, uh, and and they they bend, but they don't break. Make teams kick a lot of field goals. And so as you're looking at this, we understand the way we have to attack, and we got to break tackles, and then de- and then defensively, we got to get it. We got to shut the run game down and get after the QB. You know, they run a two QB system. Pep Hamilton does. So you're going to get a lot of different formations, personnel groups, two quarterback looks, one quarterback you know kind of a zone read then you get a straight drop back so they just try to throw the kitchen sink at you man and like like you know what hits hits and so you 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 know from a defensive standpoint it's don't you know don't get bored with the details lock into the details and the keys that we talked about all week and then go make it happen yeah i want to talk i want to double back to something that you just said on defense you know they give up a lot of yards they're not great at stopping the run but takeaways they're tied for the six most takeaways in the nfl and they have at least two takeaways in five straight games going into this one what makes them so good at ripping the ball out? Yeah, it's a point of emphasis for them. And, and, and you know, listen, I played Lovey when he was in Chicago, yeah. so you, you know, you, I've seen I've seen this thing for for dang near twenty years, and it's it is a point of emphasis. You can tell whether it's punching the ball out, whether it's you know grabbing the eagle claw on the top of the ball, and as a guy's weight goes down, they're ripping at it, or even using a guy's momentum against them. They do a good job of like getting their arm wrapped around the ball, and then at, as they're trying to throw the guy down, spinning back the other way so you can tell they're clearly coached in creating turnovers and forcing turnovers understanding that's how they're going to stay in games and keep their offense in phase and so right. I have a ton of respect for the way they play uh, and, and and the things that they've em- emphasized they're very good at uh, hopefully we get some explosive plays though and, and, and put them uh, you know put them in a position they don't want to be in indeed all right lastly Jeff for you you talked about this with the media earlier this week how important would it be to get a win in this last game of the season snap this six game losing streak last chance this team's going to play at home last chance this team's going to be together as it's constructed right now how important is it to get a win going into the offseason yeah, i think it's enormous right i mean i know from the fans perspective people talk about draft picks and all kinds of things of that nature but the reality is it feels so different when you finish the season winning as opposed to losing that kind of sour taste in your mouth for an entire you know six plus months or what you know whatever it it it, it ends up being uh those those aren't good memories and so you know you love to finish kind of on an upbeat hey here's what it goes because we all know to your point there, there's a there's a huge attrition rate in the nfl there's mm-hmm. going to be a turnover of of players are going to go to new places um and so i told the guys earlier this week man play for yourself you know for what you're trying to do in your career but play for the guy beside you like this this team uh and the guys that you've you've gone to battle with so many times keep fighting one more time finish this thing strong i promise you'll feel completely different uh when you walk off that field yeah no doubt about it jeff it's been a pleasure uh getting to know you and working with you and best of luck in the regular season appreciate it matt thanks so much brother enjoyed it that's uh, matt taylor right there and interim head coach jeff saturday center point energy is a proud sponsor of the 2022 coach of the week program to see a list of all the coach of the week winners this year learn more about the program itself as well at colts.com slash high school football that you can do today 
Rick Venturian, all you need to know about this final regular season game on Sunday with the Texans. Rick Venturi goes inside football. That with Matt Taylor and more coming up on the other side. This is the Colts Happy Hour. Live at Twin Peaks on a Bud Light Blue Friday in Castleton with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the Colts Happy Hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Harley D's in the house, everybody. Hey, get the Colts Audio Network, which provides you podcasts, radio shows, player interviews, and more. That's available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you download podcasts. Also, check out your Colts content on SiriusXM. Regarding the mobile app, you can get it very easy there. Listen to Colts stuff on your time on demand for you. That is the Colts Audio Network. Meantime... Live at Twin Peaks, by the way. We are in Castleton. Pacers coming up. Pacer pregame show is a 6.30 start. 7P tonight. Cambridge Fieldhouse, Blazers, and Pacers. Last time out, the Blazers, 16-point winners out west over the Pacers back in December. See if the Pacers get a little revenge coming up later on tonight. But right now, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and a breakdown from the radio network, the former NFL coach Rick Venturi for his look into the game Sunday. Fellas. All right, thank you, JMV. Let's do it one more time. It's time for Inside Football here with Rick Venturi on Colts Happy Hour. We've got the X's and O's to beat the Texans on Sunday for the Colts, looking to snap a six-game losing skid. And we'll break down the 2-13-1 Texans. Rick, let's break out the blueprints for this final game of the season. And Houston's offense, stats-wise, a lot like the Colts, only scoring 16 yep. a game. They're dead last in total yards, 30th on third down, tied for 29th in red zone offense. They're 29th in fourth quarter scoring on the season as well. I know that's always a big thing for you. Um, and last week against the Jags, they converted just two of their first 10 third downs. They only had 13 first downs for the game, and they failed to score in their only red zone shot. Um, like you said, they're using a two-quarterback system at times between Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll, and it actually works out pretty well under offensive coordinator Pep Hamilton, uh, but their running game is woeful. Um, they only generate yep. about 88 rushing yards per game, and, and like you said as well, their top back rookie Damian Pierce, he's done for the year with an ankle injury. Um, um, they're using backs now, Dare Ogunbowale and Royce Freeman to replace Pierce, who was a top six rusher in the NFL at the time of his injury. Uh, their top receiver, Brandon Cooks, who's over 500 receiving yards this season. He's one of only four players since 2014 with at least 500 receiving yards in every season in that span. And then, like you said as well, tight end Jordan Akins is turning into a vertical threat for Mills in the passing game. So what else stands out to you about the Texans on offense as we transition into your must for the Colts defense to get this win. Number one, you must you got to be adaptable. You you have to be adapt adaptable mentally and physically and technique wise to this two quarterback system. You got everybody's got to know exactly when Driscoll is in the game and and when Mills is in the game. It shouldn't be that difficult. But tr- 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 it's two separate offenses. It's a Saturday offense. In one case with Driscoll, it's a true NFL. And when you know when Mills is in the game, there's running game standard running game he will run the boots 
He's a big play action guy. He loves to uh, half roll one way like the old college when you were playing, half roll one way, a lot of throwbacks away from it. He likes to go against the grain when he throws the ball. And then Driscoll is, as I said, you might as well be looking at a Saturday, almost a wishbone-type quarterback when he's in the game. So adaptation, in-game adaptation, in-play adaptation is critical. Number two – we absolutely have to dominate the running game, including Driscoll, because if this team can't run it, their offensive line will die. Mills will get killed. He'll turn it over because they won't be able to protect it. But you can't let them – you can't play flat. If you come out – and this is what you worry about in a game that is, quote, meaningless. If you play flat at all and they get a running game going with those two running backs – now, you you know, they keep you off balance, and then those two quarterbacks can do some damage, particularly Mills in that passing game with play action. So I think, you know, that is so important. Number three, you you got to have a situational plan for Cooks. On early downs, you know, first and ten or a second and five, downs that I call unknown downs, uh, be alert for him to take the shots. You know, he'll be either the Z or the X, usually on the outside. And, you know, if they get a corner, a young kid like Flowers, uh, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to play action on first down and try to take their shots. They know we're going to be single high, you know, literally every single down. And so, and they know that, you know, they know that Gilmore's really good. So look for them. And I think this is what Pep does well, is Pep will set the formation so that he can get Cooks on the ideal receiver. Now, we, if we have any sense, we will match Cooks with Gilmore, no question about it. And then I think when you get in situational play on third down, I think the two key guys then are, are basically Cooks, and he may move around. Whenever he moves inside, you need to have you, you got to make sure that you clamp him. And the other guy, if it's third and like three to five, the guy, the guy they absolutely love is Burkett. No question about that. As I said, he is one of the best guys coming out of the backfield and, you know, you absolutely have to take him away. That's Rick Venturi. I'm Matt Taylor. This is Inside Football. We're breaking it down. Colts and Texans, week number 18. That was the offense for Houston. Let's go to their defense now, guided by head coach Lovey Smith, who is that de facto defensive coordinator. Texans give up 24 a game, but that number is up to at least 27 points in five of their last Last six and like you said they're awful at stopping the run they're giving up 168 rushing yards per game and they've given up at least 150 in 10 games on the season obviously the Colts are trying to take advantage of that this week they're 30th in total yards 30th in first downs allowed and time of possession those two things go hand in hand there but despite those bad numbers they've got a budding superstar at safety that's rookie Jalen Petrie out of Baylor and just last week, he became the only player since at least 2000 to tally up at least 125 tackles and five picks in the rookie season. Jerry Hughes, the former Colt, he leads the team with nine and a half sacks. He's still getting it done in year number 13. And he was a major problem for the Colts back in week yeah. number one, if you remember. He racked up two sacks, three tackles for loss. He had a pick. He had a pass breakup. He had two quarterback hits and a fumble recovery back in September. Uh, Christian Harris, a really good rookie linebacker in that second level. And then Obo Okoronkwu, Rick, he's coming on at defensive end since being named a starter back in week 11. 
And that time he's got 24 tackles, five sacks, seven tackles for loss, all of which are career highs for him. So, Rick, there's enough talent on this defense to make life hard for Sam Ellinger and the offense for the Colts on Sunday. What else do we need to know about Houston's defense going into this last game? No, there, there, there is talent. It's a certain kind of talent. And, and I think it's, it's, it's good news and bad news. And, and I think the stats bear it out. It's actually a very athletic team. Okay, you talk about uh, you talk about the young kid uh, Okarankno. Whoa, on the edge. I mean, he's really coming on. As you said, since game eleven, five sacks. Uh, you know, Jerry's on the other side. Jerry Hughes with nine sacks, sixty-seven career sacks, and he just he just ruined our day. You're exactly right. He ruined our day with he changed the game. Really, he had critical sacks and interceptions when we could have put him away. You know, particularly on our side of the 50, and he just killed us. And those two guys are really athletic. They do a lot of different things now on the coverage, a lot more uh, what I call matchup coverage. So they they just don't give away like they did a year ago where you could just pulverize their, you know, their coverage and they can rush the passer. But as you said, I, I just don't see them, though, as a physical 11 and that's what I think if you can pound them you know you say I always play that game again you know why did they lose well they lose because they're 32nd against the run they gave up five yards at carry you know their total defense is 30th you know their you know their points given up is 26th but you know if they get an advantage like with us they got on top of us. They got ahead of us. They never got in disadvantage until the very end, and then Lovey played for the tie. But they buckle up pretty good in the red zone. You know, it, it's as I told you before, and I think I mentioned it earlier in this podcast. I talked to you about it before, off, off, um, you know, off air. Is they're really a lot like Eberflus's team. They'll give up yards between the twenty. But they'll buckle up. You know, they they move down to 18th, but they've been better than that all year. But they're still in the middle. You know, on the pass, their corners are a little bit better. They're number 12. And then in sacks, they're respectable with 18. And they've moved back a little bit there because they got behind so fast against Jacksonville. Those three statistics were better. And that those would be the reasons that they can be they can be trouble if you're not careful. And you mentioned that the edge guys, you know, the edge guys in Hughes, and the young kid, um, Okoronkwo, I mean, those two guys can, you know, again, Okoronkwo is an undersized guy, so you can pound at him. But, boy, he can come off that edge now in a second. You know, again, uh, you know, Collins, I think, is an inside threat. We've had our guards are having trouble with guys. And then they use Cashman, who's a linebacker. And at times when they're on third down, he ends up being the fourth rusher, and he stands up. It looks like he he is a linebacker, but he becomes the fourth guy in their element and gives them a, you know some problems. Um, you, you know, you talked about the backers. Harris is a lot like a Karake, really good loose play guy. Um, Kirksey probably you know is an older version of Franklin, very very tough guy, can cover a little bit. And then you, you're exactly right about Petrie. I mean, he's just you know he's just literally up since he's been there um, you know tremendous amount of tackles he's got five picks he's got eight PBUs he is you know he's going to end up being a real gem for them in terms of of, of 
you know, of what they do. And again, as I said, Lovey's defenses uh, will give up yardage between the 20s, but they'll bone up inside that red zone. And the one thing they do a great job of is takeaways. Rick Venturi right there and Matt Taylor. A little inside look on that regular season finale with Rick and Matt here on Colts Happy Hour. Remember, Pacers, Pacers, Blazers. Last time out, if memory serves, that was in December out in Portland. No Tyrese Halliburton nor T.J. McConnell. Pacers and Blazers, Cambridge Fieldhouse tonight. That tip is at 7, and your coverage begins here at 6.30. Also, this reminder, uh, at least from me and the Colts coverage on Sunday morning, you got me inside the Bullseye Event Center on Sunday morning. That's 9 until 10 with BullseyeEventGroup.com, the Colts VIP tailgate, the final one of this regular season. This is going to make your game day experience the absolute best. So be a part of it if you can with BullseyeEventGroup.com. 9 until 10 a.m. for me on Sunday morning. And then 10 until noon, touchdown town. That will be me, Bill Brooks, Joe Wrights, and the Gorman. That is the Colts pregame huddle. 10 until noon coming up on Sunday morning. Right here on 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Caesar Sportsbook, a proud sports betting partner of the Indianapolis Colts, helps bring you this Colts happy hour. On the other side from the radio network, Lara Overton and the starting quarterback on Sunday, Sam Ellinger, converse. We'll get you back to that coming up next. This, live from Castleton, Twin Peaks, on a Bud Light Blue Friday, is Colts happy hour. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. No show talks more about the Colts than this one. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. We're at Twin Peaks on the northeast side in Castleton. You guys have been outstanding. You know what? I got to give a shout out to Zinc and Bud Light for doing this. I don't know how many years in a row we've been doing this, but each and every year, no matter what takes place over the course of the Colts season, and believe me, it is so much better when they're playing well and playing well and going into the postseason. But let's face it, we get together every single Friday night of the cold season, and it is awesome. And I cannot thank Zinc and Bud Light for doing this each and every year. Our friends here at Twin Peaks for having us on this Friday. It truly is one of the highlights of what I do radio every single week. Bud Light Blue Friday. Now, my final time out at Buffalo Wild Wings is coming up in Glendale. That is on Blue Monday. So Glendale Buffalo Wild Wings coming up on Monday. And to look ahead for me, uh, myself and Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, we have a show that is coming up on Thursday. We're going to go into the postseason of our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. And I didn't even know this until yesterday, but Pearl Street... Pearl Street Pizza, and that is in Geist. So northeast side Pearl Street, and obviously we know the one that is downtown right there, but this is Pearl Street on the northeast side around Geist. That is on Thursday for our Larceny Bourbon Locks and our Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Me, betting analyst Brent Halverson, that is coming up next Thursday. Meantime, Lara Overton from the Radio Network and a major player coming up in this regular season finale with the Texans and the Colts in mind. Under center, Sam Ellinger will be that guy for the Colts. Here's Lara and the Sam conversation. 
Joined now in studio by Colts quarterback Sam Ellinger, who had the first touchdown pass of his career last week against the Giants. Sam, how do you describe that feeling, getting the offense rolling, leading that drive, capping it off with the touchdown to Michael Pittman Jr.? Yeah, well, obviously the, the circumstances weren't weren't the best, um, and you know you never want that to happen to Nick. Um, but to go in and go down the field and uh, you know sustain a long long drive there, convert on a few fourth downs, and then be able to punch it in for uh, my first career touchdown, it was pretty fun. What have you learned most by being surrounded in a quarterback room with Matt Ryan and Nick Foles, who have really so much, just a wealth of knowledge, and have pretty much seen just about everything you possibly can with the experience they bring into the organization. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's an education that I can't pay for. And um, there's so many things to learn from both those guys, um, from a starter role, from a backup role, um, and, and, you know, seeing coverages, how to prepare during the week, how to deal with the ups and downs and the flows of an NFL season, um, and, and continuing, you know, to be a competitor um, through all of that. It's been great to watch both of them, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity. You mentioned the ups and downs of the season. There have certainly been many of those this season. You have seemingly just stayed so steady. Your routine has not changed. Your demeanor has not changed. What has allowed you to maintain that over the course of the season, despite all the different curveballs, all of the changes that you guys have had this year? Yeah, I think um, just building out a routine that you do regardless and always preparing like the starter regardless of the role. Um, I know this year I went from the three to the two to the one to the two to the three to the two to the one. So um, quite a roller coaster um, in that regard, but just keeping my routine the same and, um, you know, being consistent in my preparation and doing the things on a weekly basis to um, you know, be the best for my role and be prepared to play. I know you mentioned certainly not an ideal situation because of the injury to Nick Foles, who will be out for the season finale, but with the opportunity to start against the Houston Texans. When you go back to those two starts earlier in the, seasons, or earlier in the season, excuse me, what are the things that you draw upon that you really want to implement knowing you have one more opportunity to put that good film out there and go into the offseason strong? Yeah, I think um, from a preparation standpoint, I know what works and what doesn't for me now. Um, and, you know, making sure that I'm getting the optimal amount of film study and um, preparation from that standpoint. Um, and then just managing emotions on game day um, and understanding, you know, what to expect. And then I think I felt it a little bit last game, too, of like it's starting to slow down a little bit. Um, I'm starting to get used to the speed of the game. Um, and just, you know, these reps are invaluable. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really hard to come by, it, especially at the quarterback position, because there's only one guy on a team that's playing at a time. And um, early on in your career, um, you know, a lot of guys don't get this opportunity. So just making the most of it, um, continuing to make progress and getting better every snap. You mentioned managing the emotion. Despite all the preparation that you put in, what is something that you just can't anticipate that it takes just experiencing it live when you go into that type of situation as a pro? Uh, I think, you know, the emotions following when when you're given the news that you're going to play it's um okay wow like this is you know this is a this is a big deal but not making it too big um and being prepared and going through daily to make sure that you know you uh you do everything you can in preparation and then um, you know as the week goes on making sure you're good in practice you know being a leader in, in that standpoint being confident and then um, just managing on ex managing your your emotions and expectations on game day to make sure that um, you're clear-minded um, ready to go and, and you don't let the moment get too big 
You've talked a lot about the work you put in in the offseason, really working on your game, working on your throwing motion. Where have you seen your game develop the most over these last two years, especially now having those game experiences to draw upon as well? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think I'll have a better answer like a few weeks after the season to really like step away and kind of analyze. And um, but I think, you know, just continuing to be so early on in this process of development um, to be able to get the live reps to you know the live bullets flying to see what it's like to call the play to read defenses at the line of scrimmage Um, I I like the development that that's come of you know the game kind of slowing down I think you know I have a lot of work to continue to do mechanically um, you know in in my footwork and drops um, and then understanding defenses and offenses and you know it's a it's a constant pursuit of continuing to get better to try to um, become excellent and so um, I think there's a lot of things that I've I've definitely progressed from last year to this year um, but I know that I'm just scratching the surface. As college players begin their process, the pre-draft process, where you talk about combine and pro days and private workouts and all of that, I remember when you were drafted, talking to the scouts who spent time with you, and they said, this guy's just a winner. When you talk to him, you see what he brings, the leadership, the type of teammate that he is. What is your advice for you know maybe guys who you played with at University of Texas or other guys you know who are coming out of college preparing for the draft right now about what they can do in those conversations, no matter what the stats and the numbers and the measurements are, how they can really position themselves well on those draft boards with like the conversations and the interviews and the engagement that they have with teams. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have to be prepared. You have to know your stuff. And um, I, I think that a lot of guys at the college level are getting great coaching um, and, and they'll be prepared for that. But then just being a, being yourself, um, being a real, real dude, um, I think a lot of scouts and, and people through that process, they can see through like if it's if it's not genuine and you're just trying to like kind of go through an interview process. Um, I think that people respect more if you're just yourself. It shows that, you, you know, you're confident in who you are and you know your stuff and um, just trust in yourself and um, trusting that you're in the position that you're in for a reason and you're getting the opportunities for a reason and um, just, you know, trusting that. Hey, full disclosure there. I can listen to Sam Ellinger talk all day. Seriously, I could listen to him talk all day. Always a good interview with the Colts quarterback coming up on Sunday. That is Sam Ellinger. The Farm Credit Union question of the week. Texans wide receiver Brandon Cooks had at least 500-plus receiving yards in every season dating back to 2014 when he entered the league. Just one of four pass catchers to accomplish that feat during this time span. I need you to give me the other three. Even if you don't, I'll give you those other three coming up a little bit later on with this reminder. Form Credit Union's Fan Forum section of Colts.com. That is where you go to communicate with other Colts fans. Post a topic, participate in discussions regarding the Colts. It's Farm Credit Union helping members live their financial dreams. Also, Colts Happy Hour brought to you by Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of the Colts and a proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Oh, I mentioned, too, uh, Pacer pregame coming up at the bottom of the hour, and our guy Pat Boylan, I know, is going to get that thing fired up from Gamerage Fieldhouse in front of the Blazers and the Pacers, but I just saw where a late scratch to the game and a, a hustle recall from Fort Wayne. Isaiah Jackson's going to be back because Jalen Smith has a sore right hand, and uh, he will not play tonight versus Portland. And I can tell you this. 
Jalen Smith has been really good at 17 the other night in that loss coming off the bench in Philly. He's been really good in that coming off the bench big man role that Rick Carlisle has put together for him, but he is not in participation coming up later on tonight, and Isaiah Jackson has been recalled from Fort Wayne and will be here in time. Coming up on the other side, it is right guard Will Fries and Matt Taylor, and that's Farm Credit Union question of the week answer coming at you. That is next. Colts Happy Hour, Twin Peaks, Northeast Side on a Bud Light Blue Friday, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Indeed, Colts Happy Hour brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. A little over 20 minutes away from the start of the Pacer pregame show. That's the bottom of the hour here on the fan. We'll get to Matt Taylor and Will Fries coming up in a minute from that offensive line. But to answer the form credit union question of the week, it was Texans wide receiver Brandon Cooks, at least 500-plus receiving yards in every season since 2014. So when he entered that league, he's just one of four pass catchers to accomplish that feat. Who are the other three? And as you probably have established in your mind, we're talking about three really big-time pass catchers. DeAndre Hopkins of the Cardinals, Mike Evans, who had a huge week last week, along with Tom Brady with the Buccaneers, and uh, the incomparable at tight end, Travis Kelsey, continues to roll up the yards and the touchdowns with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. That is your Form Credit Union Question of the Week answer. Meantime, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, drops back by the right guard, Will Fries, joins Matt now. Matt. Joining us now, second-year man, offensive guard, Will Fries, second year out of Penn State. Will, thanks for the time, man. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. I uh, appreciate that. How are the holidays for you, Christmas and New Year's? I know it's tough because you're, you're playing, mm-hmm. and those days are just more work days, more preparation <laughs> days. But are you able to compartmentalize it all and, and celebrate? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's uh, you know where it comes first uh, type of thing this time of the year. So, But it was nice uh, heading back to uh, New York, New Jersey. Had a lot of family come to the game. So mm-hmm. although I wasn't able to celebrate Christmas with them, got to see, you know, all the cousins, uncles, all that stuff. So that was real nice. Did you grow up a Giants fan? Uh, I actually grew up a Jets fan. Did you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my dad. Okay, so you yeah. got it from your dad. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Well, that explains it. Well, you've started eight games on the season, mm-hmm. seven at right guard. Yep. How have you settled in at that position here these last two months or so? Yeah, feeling good. Feeling like um, making progress every week, you know. I think uh, those game reps are gold mm-hmm. in uh, terms of development and, uh, you know, just showing, you know, playing hard, you know, playing tough and uh, just continuing to show improvement every week, I think is, you know, really important. Is that the biggest thing is experience? I mean, you talk about the game reps. I mean, there's nothing that can replace that in terms of growth and experience and building confidence, right? hundred um, percent. You know, I think you're, you're seeing different guys, different styles of players every week. Um, just getting those experience against those guys is, like you said, it's tremendous. It's, you know, it's valuable in terms of, you know, okay, wh- where do I need to improve? It right. really shows you know what what needs to be better and um you know, I think watching those games week in, week out, being able to make those tweaks and adjustments is, uh, you know, the key to growth. You know, those seven weeks, like I said, where you've been the starter at right guard, where do you think you've improved and really grown from then to now? Uh, I think it's definitely the confidence and, you know, the the mental side of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you believe deep down that, you know, this is – 
you know you can do it and it's just a matter of being able to do it when the time comes and uh you know stringing some you know wins together um mm-hmm. you know individually you know week in and week out um it just builds the confidence and uh you know what you can do and you know eventually getting to towards the type of player that you want to be where are you now compared to last year as a rookie i mean it's got to be night and day i would think yeah you know um obviously having another season of well off season of learning the playbook and mm-hmm. becoming more comfortable you know you know becoming closer with the guys that you're playing next to um right. you know building that camaraderie uh you know whether it's an o-line dinner or you know just hanging out with the guys and i, I think that plays a big role in you know trusting each other on the field right and um you know becoming a closer better unit overall will fries is with us offensive guard for the colts compared to last year you mentioned it i mean just in terms of feeling more relaxed and more comfortable mm-hmm. from your rookie season to your sophomore campaign I mean, you know where the locker room is now. You know what what time to go here, where, where the lunchroom is. I mean, as a rookie, all of that is being thrown at you for yeah. the first time. You're going through camp mm-hmm. for the first time. I mean, it really feels like you've settled in, so to speak. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, some, to that, some degree that's true. But at the same time, if you're comfortable, you're not improving. Right. And I think that the important thing about developing, you know, not only individually uh, as a unit, as a team, is there has to be some level of, you know, uncomfortableness, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you know kind of the way things have gone you know there, there certainly is an aspect of that but um i'm just really talking about pushing yourself every single day right being uncomfortable but that's the only way you're going to grow and it's the only way to grow as a unit as a team all right will fries is with us before we go on any further i gotta ask you what is your least favorite uh potato based nickname because I know you got them, right? You, I mean, <laughs> over the years, you, you've had to have heard Spud or Idaho or Curly. I mean, what what is your least favorite go-to? Uh, I don't have a least favorite, but um, I guess <laughs> everyone now knows that uh, it came out in the hard knocks. I guess my nickname is Spud around here. Yeah. Um, you know, got that from uh, Ryan Kelly <laughs> first week OTAs. You yeah. know, it was debating, you know, you catch up, you know, he's got to catch up to everyone, uh, right? But Spud stuck, and uh, you know, ever since then, uh, just, just what I've been going by. All right, fair enough. I appreciate you yeah. playing along with that yeah. one. All right, I'm gonna go back to college at Penn State. Mm-hmm. You literally played every position except for center mm-hmm. along the offensive line. Yeah. How do you explain your versatility and your ability to do that? Um, you know, I think it's just I want to be committed to doing a good job all the time mm-hmm. um you know i think i it the team is very important to me and i want to do whatever it takes to help the team win and mm-hmm. you know wherever they put me you know i'm going to do it to the best of my ability so that, that's kind of where it comes from do, do you think guard is your best spot though in terms of your long-term future in the nfl yeah sure you know i, I think it is i think uh you know getting comfortable at one spot and getting a lot of reps there like we right. talked about um you know you know, builds that growth and, you know, like to keep doing that. All right. You played with three different quarterbacks now, or you will have played uh, coming up on Sunday as Sam Ellinger becomes the third quarterback you've played with this year on top of Matt Ryan and, and Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. What are the subtle differences for you, guy to guy, quarterback to quarterback, not only at the line of scrimmage, but in the huddle as well with all those different signal callers? Yeah, no, I, I think first things first is, you know, they're all tremendous quarterbacks and they do a great job, you know, leadership wise. Um, you know, commanding, you know, attention in the huddle and, mm-hmm. you know, getting guys in the right spot. You know, I, I think all three of those guys have, you know, shown in the past and, you know, have done a good job with that. Um, you know, with Sam coming in, you know, 
you know, guy that I'm close with, you know, same draft class. And, you know, I'm excited for him to, you know, show, show what he's got again. Right. Um, you know, I think he does a really good job preparing every single day. You know, can't say enough about, you know, uh, he's the guy in the first parking spot. He gets here early, <laughs> you know, works his tail off. And uh, you know, I'm excited for him to, you know, get an opportunity and, uh, yeah. you know, show what he's got because he, he can do it. Will Fries is with us, offensive guard for the Indianapolis Colts. For Jeff Saturday coming in, mm-hmm. what was it like for you making that switch from Frank Reich as your coach for the first year and a half of your career to Jeff, who you saw on TV, you, you knew him well through the Ring of Honor with mm-hmm. the Colts. How's it been for you getting to know Jeff Saturday as the head coach? Yeah, you know, I you know really love uh, Coach uh, Reich and, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, miss him. And, uh, you know, Jeff's been awesome, too. You know, he came in here. Uh, like you said, and is a guy that everyone knows, and mm-hmm. you know he he's done it and shown it all, and um, you know getting to know him more and uh, his style, you know he's very demanding, and you know I, I you know really appreciate that because it's pushed me to you know kind of take that next step and you know have that accountability that you know it's it's not okay to mess up, it's right you you know from you know there's other guys relying on you, and um, you know it's something I take a lot of pride, and you don't ever want to be the guy that you know lets the unit down, so that that's been awesome. You know, getting that accountability, you know, you know, not afraid to call guys out and that mm-hmm. sort of leadership there has been really good. And I think that's what he said about you. You're a guy that takes this game very seriously and, and you're not one to make the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, kind of back to that, like, take a lot of pride in that you know if right something goes wrong or you mess up it's get it right the next time and uh yeah i, I know he's overseeing the entire team but at, at times is it like with jeff saturday having a second offensive line coach yeah you know i think he definitely you know just because he's an offensive lineman spends you know a good amount of time in the room right. and uh you know adds you know valuable input and uh things like that you know just seeing it from a different perspective mm-hmm. and uh that sort of stuff. Last couple of things with Will Fries with us. For you and your journey, you're number two in the NFL with the Colts. Who are some guys in the locker room that have helped you along your way, that have helped you grow into the player that you are now as a as a regular starter along the offensive line? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a ton of, you know, really tremendous dudes in the locker room, a ton of great leadership, you know, on the offensive line, you know, Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, you know, obviously guys have been here forever, had done all, played a lot of really good football and get next to play with them and learn from them has mm-hmm. been really good. You know, obviously, kind of like I said it before, you know, those, you know, veteran quarterbacks, Matt Ryan and Nick Foles, you know, those guys, you know, have a lot of respect for, you know, have seen it all and, you know, can help you work through some things, you know, not offensive line, just being, you know, right. a person and, uh, you know, a player in the, uh, in the NFL and, you know, on the defense side of the ball. I mean, obviously, you don't spend a lot of time with those guys, but, you know, Zaire Franklin, you know, tremendous mm-hmm. leader and, uh, you know, has a lot of good, really good things to say to get the team going. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of guys really look up to him and, you know, the, sure. the way he's been a leader this year. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, you talk about opportunity right there, yep. stepping into it and yep. and making the most of it. You know, I'm sure you've, you've been following this DeMar Hamlin story from afar. And obviously that, that falls into that football brotherhood yeah. category. I mean, even though, you know, you're not teammates with him, mm-hmm. you can certainly appreciate the magnitude of this situation. Um, just as a player in the NFL, Will, how, how tough has it been kind of watching and, and monitoring this story from afar, knowing that this impacts everybody? Yeah, I mean, obviously incredibly sad and praying for him, his right. family, you know, the whole Buffalo Bills community. Um, really makes you realize at the end of the day that, you know, we're, we're playing a game and to see something so tragic like that really puts things in perspective and mm-hmm. uh, just praying for, you know, him, his family and everyone that's close to him that, you know, it's a you know, good, healthy recovery and yeah. everything like that. No question yeah. about it. Lastly, Will, what, what's the mood of this team, right? Going into the last game of the season, it's the last time that 
that locker room, how it's currently constructed now, will we'll be together. I mean, inevitably, there's always changes mm-hmm. in every offseason. Trying to snap this six-game losing skid, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's the urgency level and the mood of the team going into the last game? You know, obviously, like it is every week, it's, you know, as high as it possibly can be. I mean, the, the urgency, I think that it's important that everyone plays as hard as they possibly can to mm-hmm. finish the season strong, you know. And I, I, I think – week in week out you know we have guys that play hard everyone plays hard you know we have a team that plays hard and obviously things have gotten our way but you know guys lay it all out there for you know for this team and yeah. you know it's a testament to you know the culture of the team um you know i think we have a lot of really good dudes a lot of guys that really care and play hard and you know just to go out that last game lay it all in the line one more time play as hard as you can and just just finish strong so yeah. you know it builds momentum for the off season. no that's incredibly well said yep. right there that's will fry's offensive guard for the indianapolis colts will thanks so much for the time and the great insight and best of luck in the regular season yeah. finale thank you very much appreciate it will fry's matt taylor colts happy hour twin peaks in castleton 82nd and i-69 we'll come back for a final time get you set for a lot of stuff including pacer hoopage tonight blazers pacers gambridge fieldhouse tip at seven pregame 6 30 this is 93.5 and 107.5 the fan We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour, heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Thank you all so much for joining us, Twin Peaks, Bud Light Blue Friday. Thank you, Zinc, and our folks here in Castleton for showing up, too. Again, 9 a.m., that is going to be before the Colts pregame huddle. It's going to be the ride to kick off with me, Bullseye Event Center, bullseyeeventgroup.com, at Colts VIP tailgate. 9 a.m. coming up on Sunday morning. JMV takeover tomorrow night, B105.7. All requests. Party radio tomorrow night, 6 until midnight. And coming up next, Pacer Hoops, Blazers and the Pacers. The pregame show is coming up on the other side. Tip time is at 7 o'clock. Shout out to James, Eddie, and everybody back at the station. Devin and the gang here. Zach as well. Pacer Hoops next, 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Enjoy.